Grow marketing culture and sketchy MLMs have given modern business a bad reputation. It feels harder than ever to succeed as an entrepreneur, even though we've got an abundance of info and tech right at our fingertips. If you feel frustrated running your business, stress over your sales goals, or are baffled by marketing strategies, you've come to the right place. You deserve to run a successful, sustainable business without spamming all of your friends or wasting time and money on marketing gimmicks. This is the Sell It Sister podcast, and you're going to learn how to make more money without complex systems or sleazy sales tactics. I'm Erica Tebbins, and I teach highly motivated, female, and gender expansive entrepreneurs that selling doesn't have to suck. I've been running successful businesses and teaching others how to sell smarter, earn more, and create raving fans for over 15 years. And I'm excited to share what I've learned with you. If you want success without truly serving your clients, profits without any passion, or the next get rich quick scheme, I'm not your gal. But if you're all in as an entrepreneur, want to make a difference with your work, and are ready to run a business you're proud of, then get ready to sell it, sister. If you find that you're struggling with sales conversations, if they stress you out or you find that you're always stumbling over your words or you're not closing as many sales as you like or you just are really petrified of coming across as that pushy salesperson, I have great news for you. I have a totally free, completely 100% free, no catch, no sleaze sales method guide just for you. So when you download this guide, and I'll give you the URL in just a second, you are going to be able to start selling smarter this week. Yes, really. So what this is, is a framework, a customizable framework that works whether you sell a product or a service or both. So this is not weird scripts that you have to memorize or anything really convoluted or complex. It's just an easy way to remember what to say, how to say it, and why to say it when you're having a sales conversation with someone. I think you're going to love it. I know I do. I know it's worked for me for many, many, many years. I know my clients love it too. It gives them a ton of confidence when it comes to selling and that confidence translates to closing more sales, right? So if you need this, if this is a tool that seems like it's beneficial to you, I want you to go to bit.ly forward slash sell it sister podcast. It's all lowercase and it's all one word. Again, that's bit.ly bitly essentially forward slash sell it sister podcast. It's really, really quick to go through. But if you have any questions or anything, be sure to reach out because I want to make sure that you are a selling superstar. Welcome back to the sell it sister podcast. Today, I am going to be chatting about the concept of slow business. I was first introduced to this term in, uh, I think it was either the end of 2019 or very early 2020 by a friend of mine, Heather Torkelson, who is awesome. And uh, she was recounting her time in the fall of like September-ish of 2019, um, going to this slow business adventure retreat in Norway, like in rural Norway. And she was sharing pictures and she was sharing um 
just like a whole bunch of stuff about her experience. She was there as a speaker. And I had been thinking at the time, obviously this is like pre COVID. Uh, I was like, you know, I really, what I really want to spend my time on in 2020, what I really want to be intentional about is, uh, traveling for like conferences and retreats, but not like the huge ones. Right. I wanted more like intimate retreats and everything. And so when I saw her post, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like this is literally exactly what I was dreaming out of. And so, um, Heather quickly introduced me to Toral Wilhelmson, who was one of the founders and she and I had a, a great coffee chat over Zoom because she she lives in Norway, and uh, it I was just like I'm in I'm I'm totally in. <laughs> Bought my ticket, everything, uh, and then of course it ended up not happening because of COVID. But I just I knew it was something I I wanted to be a part of. I needed to be a part of because I felt like it was uh, it gave me language around what I had been trying to articulate, which is this idea of, you know, slower business, a slower approach to entrepreneurship, uh, that was really born out of when I super duper burned out at the end of 2016 in my previous business. And I was like, I need a different way forward. I, this is, this is totally unsustainable. I have no idea what that new, model of business will look like. I have never experienced it. I know that others have, so I'm going to trust that it can be done, but this feels very foreign and scary to me. And I feel like I don't trust it, but I also have to trust it because otherwise, like I can't, as Heather calls her people, like incurable entrepreneurs, that is very much me. So I was like, I can't go back. I can't go back to like uh, the world of nine to five or something like that. So I have to find a way forward in the world of, of business and slow business. Like by the time that I'd heard that phrase, either again, end of 2019, early 2020, I don't really remember which, um, I just was like, ah, yes, that is what I have been experimenting with since the middle of 2017. And so I, I, this is very much my approach. It's my approach, my own business. It's pretty much my approach with my clients as well. Um, not that I'm ever imposing timelines or goals or anything on them. I'm certainly not, but I'm also not willing to give them strategic sales and marketing plans and, you know, growth or scaling plans that are going to be unsustainable for them. And it doesn't mean that their growth or their results are necessarily going to be slow. It's just that our approach is going to be, uh, in a way that is again, sustainable for them. Right. So it kind of like lives into that, that saying like, go slow to go fast. So your results can actually come very quickly when you eliminate a lot of the noise and a lot of the busyness and have this slower sort of approach. So again, this doesn't mean you're not making any money or that you have to wait years and years to see like the fruits of your labor. Um, it said, it just means that you aren't focused on beating yourself up for not being further ahead. It's really approaching the whole 
thing, the whole realm of entrepreneurship as more of a journey rather than a race. Because I don't know about you, but my approach to it and the people who I work best with are in it for the long haul, right? They, they are in it to win it. Right. And by win it, I mean, like have longevity in terms of, you know, making their own schedule, doing work that lights them up, working with people, they feel really good about serving all of that. Right. They're not just trying to see how much money they can make in a year, two years, three years, and then cash out and move on with their life. Like this is their, uh, maybe not their whole life's work, but it's a portion of their life's work and they need it to last and they need it to be supportive and sustainable for years and years and years, even if they pivot, even if they change, even if, you know, things shift, they are still having the intention that they are going to be an entrepreneur for a while. So let's talk about some ways that you can practice the idea of slow business. First, set goals that excite and inspire you rather than fill you with dread. If having a seven-figure business is super motivating and it lights you up and it gets you out of bed and it gets you doing uh, things that maybe you would rather not do in your business, that's fine. That's great. If it's not, if it feels um, suffocating, if it feels stifling, then also, you know, you, you don't need to have that goal right? You can have a, uh, a lower monetary goal. That does not mean that you are playing small or, uh, you're afraid or anything like that. It's just that we have different things that motivate us. And so think about what motivates you, even if you feel like it's not right, putting that in air quotes, like it's not right, or it's not standard or, people would laugh at it. If that is what inspires you, go for it. If you literally are like, I want to live in a converted van and have the freedom to travel all over and work from anywhere. And I, you know, you really just want to make enough money to make that financially viable for you. Then that's awesome. Like you don't, you don't even need, if, if that doesn't require even six figures a year, cool. Don't sweat it. Uh, Next up, choose marketing tasks that honor your personality and the way that you enjoy working. So if there are things like when I am creating uh, marketing plans for my clients, it's really important that I don't give them things to do that they are going to absolutely hate and will just zap their energy and not in a good way. There are some things that I do that I love and they utilize a lot of my energy, but it's that like, it's that good tired in the end. It's not the like exhausted, I'm worn out sort of tired. Um, so, you know, if having a podcast or a YouTube channel or whatever is not, uh, does not light you up, if that is going to really be a slog, then you don't have to do it. Right. Even if it seems like everyone else around you is you personally do not need to do it. There are so many different things you can do for marketing. I promise you don't need a YouTube channel. Uh, it same goes for, you know, reels, right? You're like, I don't want to dance on reels. Cool. You don't have to dance on reels. Uh, next is setting up workflows for yourself that are sustainable. Even if others tell you that you should be doing something else. 
So if you have, uh, if your personality lends itself to, you know, you only take calls, um, two days a week and it's only in the middle of the day, because that is when you feel your best in terms of, you know, interacting with people like that on, on calls, then do that, right. You, depending on the work you do and depending on your offers, other things may need to change for that to make sense. Um, but if, if that is going to work, then do that. If you are somebody who is, uh, very easily drained by a lot of zoom calls, like don't have Monday through Friday, you know, 8am to 5pm zoom calls, and then expect to be able to do that forever. It's just, it's not, it's not worth it. Um, be honest about what success looks like for you. Um, and again, how much money do you really need for your dream life? Kind of already covered that in terms of the goals, but like really, and truly like, um, map out, uh, I know my friend, my friend, Becky Mollenkamp has, um, a guide that I'm blanking on the name right now, but it's, it's like an actual way that you can map out your, like, sort of like your dream life, like financially, what would that look like and how much would it cost and all of that. And surprisingly often our dream life, even if it's more like short-term dream life is actually not as much as we assume it will be right? Like, unless you're like, I want the Oprah compound and, and all of that. Okay. That's, you know, it's a bit, it's going to take maybe a bit longer to, to reach. But again, if you're like, I just want to pay myself this salary and I want to be able to donate, you know, this much a month to my favorite charities. And I want to be able to pay off my student loans by such and such date and take a couple cool vacations a year. Like when you actually add that up, it tends not to be quite as much as sometimes it can seem in our head. So do some, do some journaling, map it out and, uh, put some actual numbers to what you want. Um, also drop any guilt that comes from being partially supported by a paid job or a partner. I know this can be easier said than done. Um, but seriously, like this, this is just the reality of our world. Housing is expensive. Um, depending on where you live, like if you're in the United States, healthcare is expensive, education is expensive, uh, children are expensive. A lot of these things cost a lot of money, and we don't all have partners who uh, don't want to be working. Like the the whole idea, which I just hate, and I'm not going to go off in the rant, but the whole idea of like in heteronormative relationships where the man works a traditional job and the woman is the entrepreneur. God, I used to see this all the time in um, the direct sales industry. There's always this rhetoric, like retire your husband. Don't you want to retire your husband? No, my, no, Chris doesn't want me to retire him. Like he, he might joke about it, but he really doesn't. Like he is a worker bee. He likes to work. Uh, he, you know, he likes to use his own talents and skills and experience and everything for work that feels meaningful to him. And that's fine. I don't, I don't need to work my ass off to retire him because like, what is he going to do? Sit around the house all day? No, it's not who he is. It's not, how, it's honestly not how most people are. Right. So, 
Um, yeah. And if you have other stuff, like a very good friend of mine, she has a very, very flexible job. She treats them like one of her clients and, uh, it pays her well. And you know what? She has several kids and she has to, you know, pay for her own, um, housing and and all of that. And so her job provides a level of security that allows her to be playful and creative in her business. So if this is, if this is you and you are feeling like you are somehow less than because you aren't relying 100% on your business to pay for everything in your life. Now you, maybe other people make you feel bad. I'm here to tell you that it is, uh, it is quite all right. The only time I would say it's ever not great is if that other thing, like if, if that situation is causing you undue stress or something else, then it's great to make a plan for how to phase it out. But if it's working for you, then you know, it, it can be a really lovely um, cushion to not put so much pressure on your business, especially if you are building your business up, if you're in that phase. Um, next is viewing paid support as a gift to yourself and honoring the talents of the other person, uh, rather than feeling bad about wanting or needing support. This is a really, really, really huge one. I know, uh, again, I can only speak from an American point of view because I've only ever lived in America, but there is this big, uh, like sort of belief system, this systemic ideology of the power of the individual and pulling yourself up by your, your bootstraps and relying only on yourself. And there are times when financially this might be all that you can really do like is, is just do what you can do and learn from free content. That is a, that is a real thing. So I'm not just going to say like, you know, just go get a credit card and like hire, you know, somebody to help you. Cause again, that might put you into a worse situation. Um, but it doesn't mean anything about like anything bad about you to get help and support. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're lazy. It doesn't mean you're stupid. It doesn't mean anything like that. It means that you are saying I am worthy of being supported by somebody else. Even for, even for me, like in my launch that I just had earlier this year, I hired a friend of mine who does something very similar to what I do because I wanted that feeling of support as I did my launch. And you know what? It was worth every penny. Um, Okay, next, unfollowing, unsubscribing from anyone that doesn't make you feel good, even if you know they are a nice person. So this can be really hard. Obviously, if somebody is like really pissing you off, it's fairly easy to be like, you know, mute, unfollow, block, unsubscribe, whatever. But sometimes there is just something, you know, some people, it's just, it's like triggering you every time you see them. It's, you know, it logically doesn't make any sense. You know, they're a good person. You're happy for all their success, but there is this part of you that like the comparison itis just rears its ugly head and it brings you down every time you see it. You obviously don't have to tell them or anything. You don't have to like stop being their friend or stop, you know, any, nothing like that. But if it means that like you just mute them for a while, uh, while you deal with your own internal stuff, like just, just do that. That's all good. It's okay. 
Um, also get super clear on your personal and business values and filter every choice and decision through that lens. Um, I'm going to have an, an upcoming episode that's about, um, decision-making and, and saying no to certain things so that you can say yes to better things, but really like knowing what you, knowing what you value is going to really help you with those other choices. So for instance, if you are, uh, you know, feeling a certain way about that, like having that partner that also is paying for some of the bills or needing to rely on them while you're like building up your business or relying on that paid job. Or maybe you had another business. I I have some clients who, who do this, like they had another, um, business that made them money in a different way, like, like freelance writing. Right. And now they're pivoting and it can feel like, Oh, why am I, I'm still doing this freelance writing, but I want to be doing this other thing again, what are your values? Are your values to be, um, supported and not feel super stressed about money and take your time so that you could focus on like doing your best work, uh, and not feeling you have to take on less than ideal clients just to pay the bills, right? What are your values? Same thing with getting, getting help, investing in that help. Like I just talked about, does the person you're investing in are, does it look like their values are aligned with yours? Because it doesn't really matter. Like there's a lot of people who can get you the results you're after, but I think it's really important to find somebody who you feel really aligned with, especially if you're going to be working with them over a period of time. Um, also connect with supportive people and nurture those relationships rather than always going for bigger numbers. This could be, you know, your email list, your social media, et cetera. Uh, I feel like there is this trend in the online industry of people trying to, I don't know, like look like, oh, I'm, I'm like at the cool kids table or, or something like that. Um, we see it from like some, you know, some bigger name people and everything, but, there's also a lot of quote unquote, nobodies in the industry who are amazing and supportive and will never be widely known, but they are successful. They are brilliant. They are wonderful. And so again, this is really just that permission to not feel like you have to be chasing the dragon of building a massive email list, building a massive social media presence, being well-known in order to have success. Like, no, you can have some great deep relationships that are essential to your success, your long-term success, all of that. Um, and again, you know, there, there are people who align with your values, right? That the support I've had uh, from friends, over the years, um, from other, you know, fellow entrepreneurs, I, I couldn't even put a dollar figure on how valuable it is. It's just, it really, really, really is. So quality rather than quantity for sure. Um, get clear on your long-term vision and what your non-negotiables are. So this kind of aligns also with your, your business values and, you know, looking at your numbers and all of that think about what your long-term impact is that you want for your business. And again, you know, what, what are those non-negotiables, right? So, uh, whether that is types of people you hang out with types of people you invest in types of offers that like you would or wouldn't, um, put out there any, any of those things, again, this is personal to you, even if other people 
are doing it differently, uh, know, again, know what that is for you. Um, and lastly, be kind to yourself because nobody has a perfect business and there will always be more to do. There will always be more ideas than you have energy or time for, even if you have paid support, this is normal and you aren't broken. And this is why I feel like having that long-term vision is so essential because you will have to prioritize. You will have to, you will have things that come along that you're like, that seems really cool. I want to do that. Or I have this idea. I want to make it happen. And you'll have to say no to it, or you'll have to say not now, or you'll have to, uh, make short-term sacrifices for long-term gains. And I don't necessarily mean like, you'll have to wake up at 4 a.m. or anything, but something else might have to adjust temporarily, you know, for that to happen. Things need, sometimes need to get put on parking lot lists. Right. And it can feel like when you see other people, when it looks like, oh my gosh, they're doing all this amazing stuff and they're producing all this stuff. They're, they're, you know, they seem to be everywhere. They're doing this, that, and the other thing. It can feel like, how are they able to do this? And I'm not. And the reality is there's probably a lot of other stuff that is actually not being seen, right. That, that you don't know that is happening, um, behind the scenes that is, uh, like able to support that. You also don't know what other things in their life they are saying no to as well. So ultimately it really comes down to, I feel like trusting yourself and honoring who you are and understanding and really like embodying the fact that there are so many different ways to reach a specific goal, right? If the, if five people have a goal of having a six figure business, all five of those people are different humans with different lives and different challenges and different, you know, everything. And there are five different ways that those people can get to that number. And my approach is always the easiest and best path to that number is not, it's not always obsessing again about a certain length of time, right? It's not always about like, okay, it's going to happen in this calendar year, right? Because what if it took 14 months instead of 12? Would that in in the big picture, if you're, if you're in it for the long haul, is that really going to make that big of a difference? No, but what if you got there in the 12 months, right? But you were exhausted. You were, uh, working in a way that was unsustainable for you. You were working in a way that wasn't aligned with your values. You were being pulled away from your long-term vision. You were compromising on your non-negotiables. You were connecting with people who maybe are not people that you actually want to be friends and connections with, right? It, would that feel good to be at that hundred thousand? I mean, I'm sure some people would say yes, but the, the people who I work with, no, they would rather it take a little bit longer, but feel fully aligned with who they are and the bigger picture of why they do what they do, um, and be able to keep up with that pace, uh, for, you know, a length of time.
So I just want to wrap it up there. Um, but I would say, you know, don't worry about, I know this is easier said than done to be like, Oh, don't, don't worry if it's taking a while, but, um, trust that there is a way that is unique to you and that can honor all of you. Uh, and it, you know, it might require getting some help to find that path, but again, that doesn't say anything bad about you just means you needed a little help. We all need some help from time to time. So I hope this helped you, uh, think about the idea of slow business, um, hopefully embrace it a little bit, or at least not feel such a panicked rush to get to a certain dollar amount. And as always happy selling. Oh, and I almost forgot if you loved this episode and you know, somebody who you think would also love it, feel free to send it their way. And I also love saying hi to my listeners. So if you screenshot, uh, your phone from the podcast app and post it on Instagram, uh, in your stories and tag me at Eric Tevins consulting, I would love it because then I would love to say, thank you. I'd love to hear, you know, what your biggest takeaway was from the episode. And also, of course, there's probably people following you who could benefit from it as well. And they will see it there too. So that was it. One last thing. I just wanted to be sure to pop in there. I really do read all my own DMS. So come on by, say hi, find me at Eric Tebbins consulting and have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the sell it sister podcast. If you loved it and you want more, be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode and then head on over to sellitsisterhood.com to join my free Facebook community group. And as your mama said, sharing is caring. So if you got a lot of value out of this episode, be sure to share it with your biz besties too. Okay. Now get out there and sell it sister.